shorter short shirts because High on Horror is going to the summer camp. Whoop, whoop. I'm Josh, one of your hosts. Joining me as always is Miles. What's up, buddy? Hello,ski. And in his his shortest crop top, Chris. What's up, my man? Hey, show me in my midriff. Yeah, showing a little <laughs> bit of that sexy midriff. Yeah, baby. <laughs> I legit almost cut up a shirt and wrote my name across the chest of it and was gonna <laughs> but I didn't want the pictures to surface. <laughs> it's could have did it just for the boys. Eh? <laughs> it's summer, it's mullet season. Let's go. Bring out your eighties mullets. Yeah, as you've all heard over the last month, where this is the uh, first episode of Summer Camp Month here on High on Horror. We're kicking it off with a cult classic, Sleepaway Camp. Yeah. If you've never seen this before, it has one of the most shocking endings in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> that there is no way you could possibly guess is going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so I'm, well, hold on a second. Before we get too deep into it, did you guys do anything horror related this week? No. Nah. I mean, I don't know because we were recording this in advance, but no. Well, <laughs> I mean, as of this recording. I bought the Evil Dead game. Ooh. Have you played it yet? I have played a lot of it. Is it good? Uh, yeah. It's hard, though. I Well, here's the thing. I've only been playing as the demon. Fuck the survivors. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but I bought it three days after it came out, and apparently everyone's a professional at that game now. Because That's how it goes. <laughs> like, I watched multiple videos on how to play my character and was, like, you know, trying to figure out my strategy. Got worked like 15 games in a row, and each game's like 30 minutes. And then I finally won twice in a row, and then lost three more, and then I won two more. So I, I think I'm finally getting the hang of it, but it's, uh, it is fun. It's a, it's a really, it kind of reminds me of like Left 4 Dead, sort of, because a lot of it is like summoning demons to attack them and then like haunting them to scare them more. And that gives you additional opportunities to do things. It's got a lot of references to the show in the the films so it's pretty sweet i like it hell yeah looks pretty dope i do want to try it out i did get a new friday the 13th t-shirt but it's too small so now it's my goal to fit into it by the end of the summer there you go go get that beach bod going hell yeah (laughs) gotta get that lake bod going josh yeah get get my sweet sweet lake Miles, did you do anything horror-y? I watched 90% of a movie, not quite finished with it, called Wolf of Snow Hollow. Have you gentlemen seen this movie? No. no. Is there a werewolf in it? It is a yes. werewolf movie. I didn't know that Fuck going yeah. into it, but it's pretty... Uh, the werewolf is cool, but the uh, <laughs> it dances the line between comedy and horror a little too heavily on the, the comedy side. Like, the main character overreacts to everything on purpose. Like, it's... It's a high budget movie. It's not nothing. It's not like a B lister, but the the lead character he like just screams at everybody the whole movie because he's stressed <laughs> out and it's pretty funny. And anyone who like says something perfectly logical and reasonable to him to answer one of his sarcastic questions, he slaps them in the face and then they start rolling around and fighting. And it's fucking hilarious. That happens like five <laughs> times in this movie. So yeah, it's a uh, it's very comedy esque. But the werewolf looks cool. And every now and then it's just got a drop of like really intense drama out of nowhere. But otherwise. Yeah, fun movie. Check it out. The Wolf of Snow Hollow. And throwback from when we did our Scream review, Josh, that was the guy that you're like, who the fuck is this guy that everyone's like, oh my god, this guy's cameo and in Scream. And it's the... I think that was... I think it was Halloween Kills. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. That's what <laughs> yeah, it was. I'm like, why is everyone talking about this guy? I have no fucking idea who he He's is. like the director or whatever. I forget his name, but <laughs> somebody out there knows him. Everyone was like, can you believe this guy was in Halloween Kills? I was like, I've never even heard of <laughs> No, I can't. I didn't even know. I can't believe he's a person. <laughs> can I believe this bit actor was in this movie? No. <laughs> uh, yep. So we, uh, we did all that horror stuff this last week, which is pretty cool. And now we're getting into Sleepaway Camp. <laughs> So, I watched it for the first time this year, and I hear, Chris, did you watch it for the first time today? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that was a trip. <laughs> this movie is honestly hilarious. Like, it's got some good good gore, but, like, there's multiple parts that just had me, like, actually laughing. 
just like so so like i totally understand why it's a cult classic because it's just so like off the wall at points but i like it <laughs> it's so enjoyable yeah <laughs> yeah this is right in your wheelhouse josh what was your life like when you first came across this movie uh, I had heard about it for a long time, but I didn't actually watch it until last year. I did a commentary on my other show for it, so if you want to hear my play-by-play thoughts, the first time I viewed this was on my podcast. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I love it. Uh, listening to it, actually, with the volume up this time, the music's a little weird. It's not what I was expecting from like a slasher movie. It's very like Tom and Jerry <laughs> music. It's so weird. <laughs> There's some silly points for sure. A lot of like rolling strings and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. It's, uh, I like the score at a lot of points this movie, but I'll bring that up like when we get to them because it it is like actually pretty well done, some parts of the score. Yeah. But some parts is like a romance movie. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The opening score was very intense and like the the shots. They just kind of reminded me of, like, Friday the 13th, like, the shots of, like, the playground and stuff. They reminded me of Friday the 13th and actually Halloween as well. Just, like, the way it was shot in the beginning, like, the opening credits with the, the title card and everything. I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, like, the establishing shots. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Well, right at home. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, well, we kick off. We're on a, on a lake. We see a, a dad on a boat with his two children, and then there's a few other people out on the lake. They uh, they push their dad in. Those fucking schemers. Flips, <laughs> flips the entire boat over. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, good golly, you think that's funny, you little schemers? <laughs> it is very, like, utopian 50s style 80s movie does that like oh everybody's yeah, like happy. norman rockwell yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> starts off like that and it, it doesn't stay that way um so there's like a guy who's driving a speedboat right and uh his, he's like real protective over it they have a very scared girl on the back she's on jet their water skis <laughs> i guess and uh yeah. she's not enjoying herself and uh the girlfriend of this guy who's protective over the boat's like you should let me drive and then what do you know it was a terrible idea and she runs over a family of three with the speedboat <laughs> dude that boat scene As the man's lover was yelling for him from the show <laughs> yeah <laughs> and when he gets hit by the boat he just goes John, <laughs> <laughs> dude, the boat scene—they're like talking and they're literally just shouting over the engine. It's like so fucking loud. I was like, "What did she just say?" <laughs> just ah! <laughs> I was like, and they had plenty of time to get out of the way too. They just don't move. <laughs> Dad sees this coming and it's just like. Well, fuck it. I guess we'll stay here. Even the girl <laughs> that's on the water ski is like, boat! Boat! <laughs> <laughs> and was she really all that distracted? She was looking straight ahead for most of it. And when the guy goes to stop the boat, he accidentally hits the accelerator and goes faster <laughs> as they careen into these people that are in the water. I swore I remember the dad being decapitated, but he did not get decapitated. They do show him a little mangled, though, right? Or is he just face down in the water? He's face down, and then the mangled life jacket comes floating <laughs> up from under the water. And the dad who's in khaki fucking <laughs> short shorts. <laughs> you don't see that very often. Khaki short shorts. <laughs> um... So it, for the businessman that wants to go swimming, <laughs> pond scum right on your khakis. That's what everyone's looking for. Um, uh, we jump ahead eight years to a very crazy lady who is she's the most upsetting character in this entire <laughs> film. A film that <laughs> includes a pedophile. <laughs> Dr. Martha Thomas. <laughs> Why did you say that name? <laughs> Why did you say that name? 
She's like a lady you would see on like a kids like programming. Like Teletubbies. She's fucking insane. <laughs> she reminds me of a Teletubbies human character, or she reminds me of like an evil who from Grant the Grinch. In my commentary, I called her a mixture between the Joker and Mary Poppins. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote Mary Poppins on LSD, so we all are kind of in that same zone. (laughs) She is. She only. She's. Every time she speaks, she seems to only be talking to herself, even though she's talking to two other people, because she responds to her own questions at all times. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, she she's getting her son and her niece ready for uh, their big day to ship off to summer camp. The buzz is just picking them up at their house, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. that That's how that works. But, yeah, she's very creepy and very, uh, I don't know, just off-putting. She's very colorful. She tied a, ra- a, a rope around her finger to remind her of something that she then completely forgets. <laughs> but she is also, she's forged their physicals. Because she's a doctor, so she she just has access to this type of stuff. So she's like, oh, can't have anyone finding out about this vague thing we're not going to discuss. And Ricky's like, yep, we're not sure, sure enough. <laughs> so, but you don't know how weird that reveal is going to be. It gets real wild. <laughs> um, so do you guys think she was really a doctor? Or was she just a crazy person? No, I, yeah, I think she was a doctor that went crazy when her husband left her. Uh, I guess that is kind of the narrative. Okay. But, I mean, it's gone on for a little long. <laughs> Dr. Aunt Martha Thomas. <laughs> Junior. Esquire. <MD. laughs> but, yeah, then we uh, we cut to camp. We meet Ricky's best friend, Paul. There's a Paul in every single slasher, apparently. Every, every slasher I've ever watched seems to revolve around a Paul. He he tells him like, "Hey, remember that girl you were messing around with last year at summer camp? She got huge boobs this year." <laughs> let let me ask you this, boys: Have either of you been to summer camp? No, I went to like a two day thing once. I've been to summer camp. I used to go not every summer, but I went multiple times. Interesting. I've never been for how long? This movie makes it out like it's a fucking month long program. Some camps are like that. I never went to anyone that long. Uh, most of all the ones that I went to were like a week. <coughs> this one, it's like it seems like two hours has passed, and they're like, "Yeah, she hasn't eaten anything in three days." Yeah. <laughs> it's like Jesus, how long have you been here? <laughs> and then, like ten minutes later, they're like, "Remember, I met you last week." <laughs> I'm like, "How fucking long is this?" Summer camp? <laughs> I think it was supposed to be seven days at first. At least I wrote that down at one point, but then it seems to change to being the entire summer. Like midway through the movie, they're like, "No, we're here all day or this whole time here." So, yeah, it's a time elapses. Two weird. adults and six older teenagers taking care of everybody. <laughs> and don't forget the don't forget the cook. Yeah. He's taking care of some people too. Oh, I want to. <laughs> As we see these children, small children, all running, and we see all the cooks out front, and the main cook is a. Uh, Definitely a pedophile. And everybody seems to be okay with that. Because they're all jovial about, oh, you crazy bastard. You can't be saying those things about those kids. He's like, the fuck I can't. I'm going to rape these kids. And they're like, oh, Jimmy, you crazy son of a bitch. Yeah, that's Ben. Ben's like his little partner. But like his the creation of his character was so racist. I don't know. Yeah. He really goes into all of the like cartoon stereotypes from like the '60s as to what a black man is, and I, the whole time yeah. I was just like, Zzz. "You know who that actor is?" No, who's that? That is James Earl Jones's father. Really? <laughs> yeah. Father or son? Father. Really? <laughs> James Earl. No, the the the. Yeah. What's his name? Billy Bob. Billy. Uh, no, I forget. Ben. Ben. The cook. What? Who becomes the second cook. The sous chef, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) At this children's summer camp. (laughs) That's that's high class eating. (laughs) 
so I wrote that the the scene at the beginning is the key scene of the movie, like plot wise. And your second time through, you really pick that up. I forgot to mention that on the real real like. This movie does have rewatchability right out the gate it, once you know the end of it. And, uh, yeah, this I was actually kind of impressed with the movie this time around, but we'll, we'll go on from here. Um, so the camp counselor smokes a cigar. He's, like, the boss guy. What is his name? I heard Mel and Bill at various times, but... It's Mel, yeah. Mel. He owns the camp, and he is, um, I feel like, the equivalent of Tiger King, but kids' camps. <laughs> it's just like a total sociopath that happens to work around kids it's true this is uh what he thinks to be a lucrative business that's getting all fucked up he's like a scooby-doo villain he is <laughs> like if it had been revealed that he was some killer in a mask and be like it was old man mel and be like ah, i would have gotten away with it <laughs> it weren't for you damn kids <laughs> i mean his last name is caustic so <laughs> that's his last that, name is caustic yeah k-o-s-t-i-c but i mean like you know double entendre there obviously <laughs> caustic means fucking horrible in this circumstance <laughs> he's also like 70 and he gets a date with like a 16 year old in this movie dude seems like that's why you open camp and why everyone was okay with the cook <laughs> yeah so the early 80s was a weird place to be <laughs> <laughs> yeah this, this is a trip the, um, so speaking of other characters in this movie, how about those beefcakes that run the joint, the <laughs> camp counselors who could break that a guy coconut. on steroids? Yeah, like <laughs> dude could break a coconut with his pecs. Like it was fucking huge. This is before like Chris Hemsworth diets and shit, you know? Bro, his <laughs> shorts were the highest shorts that have ever been worn by human beings. <laughs> Made out of the strongest, material. <laughs> like clinging to his flesh. Where they're casting, they're like, "Can we get a guy whose penis is just bulging in his little? <laughs> we'll call him shorts, but really, it's a speedo it's a, extension. It's just paint. He is a, he's definitely a bodybuilder. He's fucking enormous. <laughs> like why he sticks out so bad? <laughs> Everybody else is normal, and then this dude is like muscles overflowing over muscles." <laughs> He is so fucking, like, you wouldn't need that kind of power to work at a kid's, like, no one's going to fight you there that you can't take if you're a regular grown-up. And that dude's like, I will crush all of you. Uh, Apparently he got bullied on set, like, severely. That's wild. Like, By who, you, God? Kids? Ev- everybody, apparently. Who bullied him? <laughs> one actor like had to step it was quoted as saying he had to step in when it got too bad (laughs) these little kids must have been throwing rocks or shooting him with machine guns or something (laughs) man is made of steel um so anyway yeah all of the men in this movie every single one all the little boys everybody you can see their dick the entire movie because their, shirt, their shorts are so tight. And uh, that's probably the first and only time I'll say that was the dick report in this whole episode. <laughs> is that you see every male's dicks. And he means every male's dick. Yes, <laughs> he counts. Every single one. <laughs> Just wait till the finale. You know, that's not the only time you can say the dick report, Miles. I'll tell you that much right now. I know. I was going to do it like ten times. <laughs> so, yeah. We, uh, so we got, the, we got the hogs in shorts. And uh, the female counselors are... One of them's nice and the other one's a bitch. And uh, that's really what we... One of them likes to bully ten-year-olds. She, she acts like she doesn't work there. And it's like, you're clearly a camp counselor. And she's like, what's this little bitch's problem? <laughs> so basically, Angela won't talk to anybody except for her cousin, Ricky. She just sits there with this most intense blank stare on her face with her eyes wide open. It's very creepy. <laughs> that's, uh, that's when we find out about it because it's been three days. And now we're in the cafeteria and they're like, she hasn't eaten. And... Uh, yeah, she's very creepy indeed. And then Tarzan comes on by to bring her back to the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we get the first and only legitimately scary scene in this movie, if you had not seen it. 
scared me. Yeah. <laughs> What's the dude's name? Artie? Yes, Artie. He, uh, he's the cook, and he's uh, the pedophile. And this dude just is like, here, pedophile, have this one. And uh, he takes her into the back where all the canned goods are, and he's like, uh, you're a sweet-looking little cupcake. Yeah, yeah. And it's so gross. See anything you like? <laughs> And then it zooms in on him unbuttoning his pants, and you can see clean through his white pants, and that's the dick report. <laughs> and then Ricky busts in, like, what's going on here? And he fucking assaults the shit out of this child. <laughs> he grabs him by the neck and throws him against the wall. Like, <laughs> Jesus. He's, like, slamming him up against this rack full of food over and over again. He goes, you ain't gonna tell nobody you saw nothing. <laughs> He's like, keep your mouth shut. Yeah, the actor who played Ricky apparently said that he had, like, bruises on his back because he didn't have a stunt double, and they had to do that take, like, repeatedly. Oh, man. Jesus. Ricky Ricky was cast in this movie because the director said, I need you to curse me out because that's the type of character Ricky is. So the kid just freaked out on the director and swore at him a lot. So that's why Ricky does nothing but pretty much swear his head off. Even though I did find him enjoyable with the whole baseball scene. I really thought Ricky was the man. Dude, every time Ricky talks, it's so funny to me. Like He's, <laughs> he's, he's got some quotable lines. On this. <laughs> he calls everybody cocksuckers. I'm like, whoa, this is the 80s. <laughs> like, holy shit. Anyway, um, so it's been three days. A pervert almost gets him. Gets her, rather. And then uh, they cut away. Like, the kids go away. And now the pervert is stirring a boiling pot in a 10-gallon, like, fucking... Yeah. Bigger than 10-gallon, that's like a 500-gallon bucket. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the world's largest pot is basically a 50-gallon drum on top of a stove. How many fucking cam- campers do they have to need that much corn, dude? <laughs> they do. They got like 300 pieces of coal. That dude's preparing for the future of. There's three adults here. The future of humanity, like he's in fucking Interstellar or something. Like <laughs> the amount of corn in that pot is insane. That's all I have to say about the corn. <laughs> but then we get killer POV. There's always in our 80s slasher movies, there's always you get the POV of the killer. Someone's lurking up on old, what's his name? Artie? Artie. Artie. Artie and pulls the chair out from under him and he falls down and pulls the fucking steaming pot of water all over himself and his skin's like boiling up into his big pus bubbles. It's so gross. IRL, he could have anchored himself with that pot. That thing wouldn't have budged. Oh, he definitely. (laughs) (laughs) That thing weighs as much as he does. I was going to say, you need Tarzan to come and pull that thing. (laughs) (laughs) He was the only one who could have done it. (laughs) It's like sword in the stone. (laughs) Yeah, he, he lays on screen, and he screams, and he screams, and he screams, and then it cuts to Ben coming in, and Ben's like, oh no! And then it cuts back to him, and he screams, and he screams, and he screams, and he screams, and then it cuts. <laughs> <laughs> then he gets wrapped up like a mummy and taken out by paramedics. <laughs> He's just still screaming. And I love the doctor in this scene, the doctor that's obsessed with how much pain Artie must be in. <laughs> He's like, good God, he is completely burnt. He must be in agonizing pain. And the guys are like, oh, yeah, really? What about his eyes? And he's like, yeah, I don't know. He might be blind forever. Crazy son of a bitch. That must hurt more than anything. Every nerve on his body must be on fire right now. I can't even imagine. <laughs> And it just goes on and on until the guy's like, "All right, can you like you get the fuck out of here?" He's like, "I can, see, I can see my my. I'm not needed here anymore." <laughs> and he walks off. He's like, "There's a there's a cop in the background as well, and he comes back at the end of the movie, and we have to talk about it when he comes back at the end of the movie." <laughs> the uh, the doctor, his parting word, he's like, "But seriously, you have no idea how much pain this man's." <laughs> <laughs> Josh, your monologue fucking Sydney. <laughs> <That was amazing. laughs> okay. But then uh, Mel has to kind of bribe the cooks to be like, let's not tell anybody about this isolated incident of this pedophile burned himself alive. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, whatever, that's cool. And you can tell how long ago this is because he's like, how about an extra 
$15 a week in your paycheck. And they're all like, fuck yeah, dude, $15 a week. <laughs> like, god damn, why are you being so good to <laughs> I mean, I feel like even in the 80s, that wouldn't have been that much of a bonus. But, like, yeah, it's so silly. They get real stoked about it. <laughs> and then they, the boys play a mean joke. They play a real mean joke on poor Mozart. <laughs> Mozart, the best. They all got names like they're in fucking Top Gun. <laughs> <laughs> he hits the trick where they someone makes him sit up and he puts his face in another kid's butt. <laughs> He's like, oh, you guys are gross. <laughs> Dude, the sound that his face made when he hit the butt was fucking hysterical. <laughs> This is the perfect sound effect. Like I swear to God, that was that part like stuck with me the entire movie. I was like, why did that sound so perfect? It echoed through Chris's brain. (laughs) Poor Mozart. Poor Mozart. And then the counselor pops in the room, and his outfit is jarring. He's fucking wearing, uh, he's got cut off jeans and a shirt that's just shoulders and a little bit of chest. (laughs) Cut right up to his nipples. He's like, we're going to play some baseball. Like, get your gloves, get the fuck out there. (laughs) Shut the fuck up, Mozart. (laughs) I heard that noise. I don't want to fucking hear it. (laughs) You think I don't know what what the sound of a face hitting an ass sounds like? But then we get like an entire baseball game. This movie turns into a baseball movie. This scene (laughs) runs for so long, but it has some of the best quotes of the whole movie in it. So I was I was honestly fine with it by the end of it, but I was like, Jesus God, I'm literally (laughs) watching them play a full fucking nine innings. Yeah. This whole movie is Ricky and his like runt crew versus the like preppy strong older boys which somehow they dominate <laughs> they, they dominate these kids that are like twice their size they just destroy them in baseball and uh the main like preppy guy gets up to bat and ricky goes oh this is gonna be easy <laughs> he blows dead dogs <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. to which that guy says eat shit and die ricky and ricky goes no Eat shit and live, Bill. Dude, best <laughs> comeback ever. Eat shit and live, Bill is iconic. <laughs> that is fucking hilarious, dude. Like, I I personally love Ricky's character in this movie. He's got some of the best. <laughs> he's the man. He's got some he's of the great. best horror movie quotes of any horror movie. And he's like 12. Close dead dogs. <laughs> He is fearless. He's got the eye of the tiger. <laughs> Dude, and what the fuck was the video game that someone was playing randomly that it zoomed in on? It's like a calculator with boxing on it. <laughs> yeah, he's playing an old school boxing game. <laughs> Which is like, how would he see that out in a bright field? You would not be able to see the screen. So, side note, do you guys remember when, like, McDonald's and stuff would give away tiny video game systems that were, like, two buttons? Yeah. Yep. My great-grandpa, who was, like, on my other side of my family, not the Nazis, and um, <laughs> the, he uh, he used to collect those. So when I'd go over to his house, he would just have literally, like, Easter baskets full of them just laying around for whatever room he was in. He would just pick one up and start playing it. <laughs> Dude was a gangster at 100 years old, walking around gaming that hardcore. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's about all I had to say about that. But it like it shook something free in my brain where I was like, "Oh, I remember that." And uh, <laughs> yeah, so that was the boxing calculator. <laughs> so then we get to another dinner scene, and there are a bunch of twenty-year-olds talking about girls skinny dipping with them. So they approach a ten-year-old girl to ask her to go skinny dipping with them. Every boy in this, if they are the slightest bit rejected is almost assaulting these women (laughs) (laughs) with how like how dumbfounded they are that they said no like like angela doesn't say anything and they're just like well you fucking prude like you're too good for us (laughs) and then of course it starts a brawl between ricky and a bunch of guys oh yeah the the boy pile (laughs) (laughs) 
It's like the silence fight from the other guys. <laughs> it's just a whole mess of guys rolling around on the ground with each other until somebody pulls them apart. The boy pile. The boy pile. It happens again yep. later, right? Like <laughs> I we think get a, so, a yeah. second boy pile. So I wrote Angela looks like one of my employees that works for me. Shouldn't have written that or said it out loud. Uh, Angela looks exactly like the girl that hates her in this movie. That is <laughs> who true. acts like she's so they different. Look very similar. It just looks like they gussied Angela up a little bit and had her play her mortal enemy. <laughs> I don't know um, if the eighties worked that way, did they? <laughs> Angela, like in the face, reminds me of Millie Bobby Brown, who plays Eleven in Stranger Things. I was thinking that too. <laughs> she looks very similar <laughs> to her, which I'm like, maybe that's why they picked her to be Eleven. Is is Eleven gonna have a dick at the end of the show? <laughs> Oops, spoilers. She has she has been to another dimension. We don't know. <laughs> but this is where we find out that Paul likes likes Angela. And then he becomes the only other person that Angela will talk to. <laughs> Just because he says goodnight to her. And she says goodnight back and he fucking loses it. He's like, goodnight, yeah! <laughs> and there's like a flurry of music. <laughs> so that kid's name was Paul. I kept calling him, calling him her boyfriend from this point forward because I couldn't remember any of their names. <laughs> there's so many characters in this movie. There's yeah. a lot of characters. I was having a hard time keeping whose name was who, but I knew who Ricky was. Yeah, <laughs> can't miss Ricky. And Mel fucking just comes waltzing in, and his pants are fucking on point in every scene that you see Mel's pants. You don't get dicks out of him. He fucking, he's got plaid, like, golf pants. Yeah, I was going to say, he's always dressed like he's going golfing. <laughs> <laughs> I want some of those pants. <laughs> Yeah, uh, this is when we cut to the beach and we see this another scene where all the boys are very aggressive towards the women and the women just kind of stare there, stand there and stare at them. Is uh, They want to go skinny dipping and the girls are like, no. And the guys are like, well, then screw you girls. We'll go by ourselves. Come on, fellas. Get your dicks out. <laughs> and then they, they boy pile into the lake. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you don't know what you're missing. And that's I, I, the dick report. <laughs> I just had uh, something that I had forgotten I wanted to talk about from I think it was the last scene when they actually did the boy pile when that little smarmy fucker the blonde guy not Paul but the <laughs> other one like turned and like did a fucking he flicked Ricky <laughs> off and just had this look on his face that was like the most smug shit I've ever seen and I was like I live for this man <laughs> it, was, it was fucking hilarious i like burst out laughing was, when i saw him was this you at summer camp no i just dude literally i was like this man could have been a fucking icon in modern day society <laughs> but but he was in this 80s cult classic that that people were like he's completely you born too early <laughs> you were born too early <laughs> He would have definitely gone viral for that one scene, for sure. <laughs> he never got his time to shine. <laughs> oh, my God. It just it stuck out to me. I was cracking up. Yeah, while these boys skinny dip, another boy takes a girl out on a canoe. But he's just kind of an asshole to her. Like yep. It's like, you think this is going to get you laid? He immediately starts teasing her that he's going to flip the canoe over. And then he does. <laughs> <laughs> so she says, fuck you, and swims back to shore. And then uh, the killer pops up and, and drowns this fella. I don't even know what he did wrong. <laughs> I think he started the fight. He was one of the two that came up to the girl. Uh, is he? Yeah, yeah. He was very mulleted. He was very mulleted. And, um, oh, my God. What did he say when he walked up to Angela? What was the, la like, the last line that he said was fucking hilarious. It was like, oh, my God. I'm going to have to look it up because that was, that was another one that really stuck out to me. He, they basically were like... What the fuck's wrong with you or something like that? <laughs> we also didn't talk about the fact that there were some fellas reefing underneath the bleachers, smoking yeah, the Yeah, he was one of them. Was, yeah, the he was one of them. The dude from the canoe was one of the guys, yeah, smoking, smoking the doobage, getting high on whore. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Doobie doobie pot smoker. Yo, Doobies. Angela. Yo, Angela, how come you're so fucked up? I mean, like, what's your problem? <laughs> <laughs> that shit had me rolling. Just the way he delivered that line, I was like, yo, this is, this is fucking everything to me. Uh, 
<laughs> so fucking good. I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> so why are you so fucked? Up? <laughs> so uh, the guy who flipped the boat, he's under the boat singing to himself. <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> yeah, dude, what was this about? Why did he like the acoustics in that flipped over canoe so much? Well, he was stoned. I guess that makes more sense now that I think about it. Okay, yeah, yeah. But then, uh, then somebody pops up in front of him under the boat, and he's like, "Oh, it's you." <laughs> That's everybody's response in this movie. Oh, what are you doing here? <laughs> and this person, whoever they are, have the might. The power to push this man down and drown him in place. <laughs> with one hand. With one hand. <laughs> it's Tarzan. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that have been the twist? All the like POV shots of kids' hands and then it turns it's out just to be ripping him. people in half. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. So uh the whole time he was making jokes about water snakes, and uh they they that comes back around when a counselor finds his body in the morning. And there's a snake Ugh. coming out of his face. Ugh. There's a snake in his lip. <laughs> <laughs> and Angela is suddenly very chatty the next day. And uh, with uh, D- Daniel, what was the guy's name? Paul. Paul. <laughs> I'm the worst with names, guys. Okay, so uh, Paul, yeah, what? they're just chatting away now. No one's heard this girl talk. And now all of a sudden she's got a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what about... Uh... What about the guy, the lifeguard, or maybe who is just <laughs> he's freaking out, fucking lamenting <laughs> how dirty the the pool is, <laughs> and then he's like, "How did this get here?" <laughs> <laughs> he was fucking, like the over the top. He's like um, throwing chairs. Yeah, and shit. <laughs> the over the top emotional reactions from characters in this honestly adds to the overall quality of this film. <laughs> Yeah, it's weird because Angela will only, but Angela will only talk to Paul. <laughs> Anytime anyone else comes back up to her, she she goes right back to just deer in the headlights look, just staring irritation into other people's soul. <laughs> Him and Ricky. Ricky also gets words, but only in private. Yeah, only in private. <laughs> um. So they're chatting away and. Uh... Let's see here. They start holding hands and stuff pretty quickly. It's like, hmm, they move pretty fast. And then he sneaks a little kiss <laughs> on her. He asks her to a mandatory event. <laughs> <laughs> Would you mind accompanying me to this mandatory event we both have to go to? <laughs> I mean, it's a baller move. You want to get a girl to go out with you, just go to the same place she was going anyway. Yeah, yeah we're already going there. <laughs> that tricked you. And uh, does anything really happen at this formal? What happens at this point? Is it the good night kiss time? Does it just cut right through the formal? Uh, all I remember is the good night kiss. And then Very the weird. second good night kiss. <laughs> Which were identical. <laughs> when in doubt, double down. He just goes, can I get another one? <laughs> she just stands there with her mouth slightly agape. Like, <laughs> she kisses her on the lip. <laughs> Very silly. Um, but she is clearly happy about it, even though she just emotionlessly says, I'm not mad. I have to go. Yeah. And turns around and runs into the, the camp. What is it? Ca- cabin? Are they cabins? Cabin. Yeah. Okay, yep. cool. <laughs> the counselors are now mean to her. Before this point, the counselors weren't like, what the fuck is wrong with this bitch? What's wrong with you? And uh, at this point, which one is the mean one? The tall one. The tall Judy, ones. right? She's like oh, a no, no, that's Amazon. Judy's arrival. It's uh, Meg. 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 Yes. Meg. Meg might be my favorite <laughs> character in this movie. She is so mean to everybody, and like everyone looks at her like, this bitch is crazy. But no one does anything about it. <laughs> yeah. Not, well, I think that's why she goes. she's having a date with the owner guy, because that's supposed to be like, look, this is why she gets away with everything. Uh... This is why she gets away with almost drowning one of the students here. <laughs> It's because she's fucking the owner. She was not a bad-looking gal either, if we're being honest. No. I I then wrote, Jesus, that dude has monster pecs. 
<laughs> is that when he's just working out outside in an establishment? Not yet. No, this is him just like he's serving food and it's like, oh, sorry, pardon my pecs. They're in your face. Like, <laughs> There's a spot where they like kind of just kind of scan over the field right outside the cabins and he's just standing there like lifting weights. There's like a conversation in the foreground and right smack between the two people talking is him just fucking doing jumping jacks with dumbbells and shit. <laughs> I fucking love it. You know, this movie is a lot funnier to talk about than it was for me to watch by myself. Like, you guys picked up on so much funny shit that I'm just like, oh, that <laughs> did happen, and that was hilarious. You're right. I don't know. It's it's uh, strange how that happens sometimes when you're by yourself watching something funny. You kind of miss the funny, and you're like, I was like, you know, this movie's got a lot of stupid things happening all at the same time, but it didn't <laughs> yeah. click in my brain like, oh, that's because it's funny. You know what I mean? so many yeah the weird thing is i'm i can't imagine it was intentional but right? it just had it worked out in their favor <laughs> that's that's what i'm saying like it felt intentional so i didn't feel it was as funny if you're trying to get into the movie but like yeah it was or unintentional rather and it definitely was like so much gold in 80 minutes of movie <laughs> <laughs> Are we now at the scene where Angela gets hit with a water balloon and everyone acts like she got a brick thrown at her face? Oh, wait. Before we talk about Angela getting hit by the water balloon, can we talk about the fact that they were having a water balloon fight on the roof of one of the cabins? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? You never done that? <laughs> I was uh, like, again, like just so many weird things that happen in this that just feel right. You know, right. it just feels completely normal and innocuous. They're in a lawless society. <laughs> they, uh, we skipped over a bunch of stuff. Angela refuses to shower with the other girls, and they think it's because she doesn't have pubes and she's embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, they think she hasn't hit puberty yet, so she wants to shower by herself. We'll come back to that. An- Angela... <laughs> I wrote, Angela refuses to shower with the girls, and then the uh, counselor lady says, she's a carpenter's ream, flat as a board, and needs a screw. That's a great roast. I was like, whoa. <laughs> oh! She's 10 and you're 17. What the fuck is happening? Bam, bam, bam. Jesus would chill with you. <laughs> So she gets out of hand, uh, the the counselor, and the other counselor slaps her in the face. That's the only time anybody <laughs> stands up to her this whole movie. And then covers her mouth like, what have I done? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they hit Angela in the face with water balloons on the roof, like we were saying. And... <laughs> And fucking Ricky overreacts to everything. He's just like, I'm going to kill you, cocksuckers! <laughs> He's just fucking going <laughs> off and then for hitting her with a water balloon. Yep. And they don't give a fuck. It seemed pretty legitimate. <laughs> <laughs> they did not seem to be acting. They were like, yeah, we did it. Fuck this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> then we cut back. Once they get yelled at by the owner, they uh, they go they all go their separate ways. And the preppies go back to their their cabin, and the, that main kid is like, uh, "You guys want to go hang out? Okay, hold on, I gotta take a wicked dump." <laughs> <laughs> so he goes to the bathroom, and then the killer cuts a hole open in the window behind him, and through the through the uh, screen, and drops a beehive on him <laughs> after locking the stall with a broom handle. <laughs> And you guys know, I'm pretty into watching bee videos. I don't know how this bitch got that beehive. And I don't know how she threw it in that window, but that ain't how bees work. She shook it around first. That's how, that would have been the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, you looked at me like you didn't know I enjoy bee videos. Yeah, wait, is that something you've told her? I've, he said I've sent you just watching people exterminate bees. I know people are like, relocating bees is so interesting. I'm like, no, murder. I want to see people killing bees, because I don't love bees. So, yep, I watch a lot of bee videos. You heard it here first. Miles Trout, anti-bee. <laughs> watch a lot of ant videos, too, but this is, we're getting too I guess it's kind of campy. Anti-ant. Anti-ant. This is what I learned at camp, guys. <laughs> um, I wrote that Paul. I wrote Paul grew ten inches in the, since the last scene. All of a sudden, <laughs> Paul hit puberty during the filming of this movie, and he shot right up. He started off shorter than her, and now he's like 
three inches taller than her out of nowhere and we get a romantic chase scene on the beach they play a little quick game a little tag and then they start making out a little bit and then she has some weird flashback oh yeah where she sees her dad and his male lover in bed with and they're like sitting there snickering at him and then she was gonna be molested by a brother it's very weird. No, the the brother is pointing at her, and they're on a bed, and they're, like, spinning around. I think it's their subconscious's way, spoiler alert, I guess we're going to just have to mention it, is that, like, she was kind of losing her identity in that situation. Like, I am you, you are me. Like, she's re- remembering that she's not who she's been telling everybody that she is. And then she's like, Paul, now! And then she gets up and runs away. <laughs> and uh, they find the the kid with, that got stung to death by the bees. This movie had a budget. Like, let's be real. The fucking... Yeah, surprisingly. The bodies looked good. The, they had a bee handler. If you got a bee handler, you got a budget. <laughs> Dude, the... Yeah, that was really cool, the dead body with the bees all Yeah, over. that was a great... That was a great kill. Big fan of that one. I think that... That might be my favorite that... I guess we don't actually see it, but the the remnants of it. We should also say that the director of this film dedicated this movie to his mother, who had passed away. <laughs> a doer. That's what it says. Why you would dedicate this movie to your mom. <laughs> I have no idea. She must have had good taste. <laughs> so that was when the music score got better, too. Like It started off as nice pianos and harps, and then it kind of got disjointed and... As, like, she was going through this flashback, like, the music was getting crazier and stuff. I don't know. I thought that was a really well-made scene. So then, uh, because she rejected him, Bitch Girl swoops in on Angela's man. Uh, what's the Bitch Girl's name? Not the counselor, but the, the rival? Judy. Fucking Judy. <laughs> she got her name on her t-shirt. Yep. And I wrote, she has boobs, so she gets what she wants. Because I remember being that age, and only one girl had boobs, and she got anything she wanted. She could just command people. And uh, that's that seems to transfer over into this movie. <laughs> Still happens to this day. <laughs> <laughs> to this day. Um, <laughs> then there's a capture of this the flag scene, which I guess is just symbolism for Paul getting taken by the girl whose name I already forgot. Oh snap. Judy, yeah, so there was a scene where they're just talking about how to capture a flag. We go our separate ways and you be the bait, and then all of a sudden Paul's like I'm with her now. Or she's like, Paul's with me now is really what it was. Yeah, she's like, you're going to make out with me in the woods. And I guess they do. Yeah. And then Ricky goes, you're such a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) And this is where I wrote, dude is working out on the playground, LOL. What do they have to say about the body, the bee body that they found, by the way? Like, what happens to that? Uh, one guy says it's murder, and he goes, you don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, this could be an accident. <laughs> He's like, how could this be an accident? <laughs> yeah, so the, the owner of the camp is suspecting that the killer is in the camp. Yeah, and he thinks he thinks it's Ricky. Yeah. <laughs> he, starts ta- he starts talking to himself. He's like, I, I saw the hate in his eyes, <laughs> and, I di- and I did nothing. <laughs> Yeah, his monologues later on in this movie are ridiculous. <laughs> He's my favorite character. <laughs> um, so while the dude is working out in the background, um, he has Ricky in front of him. He's like, I think it's this kid. And um, Angela is being accosted by the bitchy girl and the counselor. So like... Yeah, Amazon done scooped her up. It's going to throw her in the lake. Yeah. It's like Meg. It literally Meg. reminded me of She-Hulk, the trailer for She-Hulk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Meg picks her up and starts to carry her out, and Mel won't let Ricky go save her. He's like, "This is why you do it, isn't it? This is why you kill people." And he's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they let her. They let him throw her. He is twisting his arms around so bad, too. His arms are, like, upside down at one point. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. 
<laughs> and um, uh, Angela gets thrown in the water, which triggers some PTSD, I'm sure, from the boating accident. And uh, who saves her? Is it the other female counselor comes and like gets her out of the water? No, Ricky. Well, uh, Ricky, yeah. Ricky gets loose. He shakes loose, and there's a lifeguard down there. Not Tarzan, but another lifeguard. And, uh, and yep, they rescue her, and they walk off camera. This is important. As they walk off camera, there's children <laughs> that throw sand at them. Sand at them. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, he goes, fuck you. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, also. Ricky's the fucking man. That, uh, he, doesn't Ricky have like a whole revenge monologue at the end of that scene? Where he's like. Oh my god, he said something ridiculous about like he's like they're gonna pay. I'm gonna get them back for this. <laughs> oh yeah, he says, "Calm down, Angela. It's okay now. Everything's gonna be all right. We won't let them get away with this. That's for sure. I promise we won't." <laughs> yeah, um, he's uh, he. They set him up like we don't know that the killer is Angela the whole time, but it couldn't be much more clear that it's Angela. Like. The fact they don't show her face is like, oh, but is it Ricky? No, it's not Ricky. Nobody ever thought that. <laughs> they tried to throw you off at one point where they have Paul meet up with Angela. And Angela goes, I thought you were the killer. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, she's like, there's a killer on the loose. <laughs> it couldn't be me. <laughs> <laughs> also, we should mention that the, the kids throwing sand come back into play in a moment. Yeah, they do. That's important to just... Put a put a footnote there. So the next thing I have written on, on here is hot chick comes on to Mel. Yep, Meg Meg wants some of the Mel. Yeah, she does. And he's like dinner at nine thirty at my place, and she goes next door to the regular place to take a shower alone. Yeah, because the line for the bathroom is long, so she goes to the isolated cabins. And she gets a knife through the wall, dragged down her spine, and she feels every bit of this. <laughs> yeah, she's, she does not have a good time. Where's that doctor? <laughs> the amount of pain that she this was in. This must have been excruciating pain. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't know where the pain began in her life. <laughs> Sweet Christ. And she clearly falls down as she's like she's being dragged down with the knife, but the knife is also cutting through her simultaneously, and she falls down to the ground of the shower. And that is important-ish later in some ways. Uh, <laughs> and you know what we don't get? We don't get a single nipple. And that's the boob report. <laughs> Um, so then, uh, why do I want to call him Daniel? His name is Paul. His name is Paul. His name is Paul, <laughs> goddammit, and he's the best. Paul is really trying to win, uh, win back over with Angela, and she seems, I don't know, how did she seem? He's like, can I have another chance? Like, sorry, I was making out with another girl. <laughs> like, no big deal. <laughs> she seemed not okay with it, and then later she's okay with it. But it's for crazy reasons uh so she does he comes on to her and she's does this the point where she says meet me at the waterfall after the social yeah there's, a there's no waterfall, waterfall here. there are no waterfalls no yeah they all. just go to, they just meet on the beach <laughs> <laughs> the bitch girl is making out with a boy and she's even a bitch while she's making out with him like <laughs> Yeah, do you have to kiss so wet? <laughs> That's what she says. He's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Judy. Judy. And, Fucking Judy. Uh, so then uh, Mel bursts into Judy's cabin. They hide the boy <laughs> just in time. And Mel's like, hey, you seen that broad? And she was like, oh, she went next door to shower. So Mel goes next door to find the horror show that was to be his, his evening. <laughs> and he goes, it was him? I know it. He did this to you. <laughs> he walks in and she falls through the shower curtain from above. But she clearly landed on the floor earlier when she was stabbed to death. <laughs> Maybe she propped her back up. 
Jason Voorhees style. I don't know. She was straight up like was back against the wall and she just fell forward with her arms in the air. Like pretty <laughs> sure that something went wrong there. <laughs> Did the rigor mortis set in that quick? I don't know. So uh, Meg falls out of the shower and Mel is a total sociopath. He goes on this little <laughs> monologue here where he's like putting his fist up in the air and he's like being really dramatic with it. Like it's it's so absurd. He makes me so happy. He basically pledges to God that he's about to murder a twelve year old. <laughs> yeah, it's like I was like looking at it, I was like, I don't know if I could do better with those lines than that guy just did. And he didn't do well. So like <laughs> it was like such ridiculous writing. Then uh he because he's in another place, you get killer POV again and comes up on Duty? Judy. Judy comes up on. I'm the worst with names, guys. I'm so sorry. Uh, he comes. The killer comes up on Judy, and she goes, "Oh, it's you. What do you want?" What bam? She gets knocked out in one punch, <laughs> and then gets a gets a pillow over the face and a curling iron up the hoo ha. Yeah. And what a way to die! Everyone who dies gets hurt in this movie. They like throw their hands straight up in the air and don't <laughs> struggle at all. And bro, I, oh. like Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> Dude, that kill was intense. <laughs> it does. She, I assume she suffocates. She doesn't die from the curling iron, right? You'd want to. Every nerve in her vagina would be like it was on fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Where's that doctor? <laughs> She's in the most intense pain you could possibly imagine. <laughs> her life has now become living hell. <laughs> On the Makowski pain scale, she was in a solid ten. <laughs> Meanwhile, the um, the kids who were throwing sand went camping. What happens with that? So they go camping, and like, unless you know that it was the kids who threw sand, you're like, why the fuck are we following these children and this one counselor <laughs> through the woods? And <laughs> they get out there. They're they're gonna camp out and like you know do the sleeping bag deal, not in the cabins. And the counselor, like, once they actually get to the spot, some of the kids are like, I'm code. And he's like, all right, God damn it, I'll, I'll take you back. But he leaves the other ones out there camping. And then when he returns, they've been chopped to bits. Dun, dun, they've dun. been stabbed in their sleeping bags, all four of them. No one is safe. <laughs> <laughs> and then we cut to Ricky, who's like, I'm just hungry, man. Let me go in there and get some food. And then he walks towards a door that has a Pepsi sign on it. He walks in. It lingers on the Pepsi sign for a little while. And then he comes out with a candy bar. And it was like, brought to you by Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> there was no point to that at all. It was just that they wanted to have their Pepsi advertisement. Yep. <laughs> That's how it's done. <laughs> Mel beats Ricky nearly to death when he comes out of that room. He... I don't know how Ricky would be alive. Yeah. He's literally <laughs> like King Kong pounding him. <laughs> yeah, double fists. Dude, dude, dude. <laughs> Just going, nah! It's <laughs> a grown man on top of a t like a 10-year-old, 11-year-old. Sc screaming to the sky as he pumps the boy to death. <laughs> did you guys think he did it? Did you guys think the kid was dead at that point? Yeah, I would I assume mean, so. Yeah, from the beating that he took, yes, I did think Ricky had to be dead. I thought so too, but that turns out to be not true. Pretty much immediately after this, uh, <laughs> Mel runs away. He goes, "I gotta run. I have to flee. I have to run away." <laughs> and he runs away, and he stands in front of a target, and he turns his head and he goes, "Oh, it was you!" And he gets shot in the neck with an arrow. Very yeah, cool. Dude. Very Friday the Thirteenth. Very much so. A cop shows up, and the cop has a children's the flashlight. <laughs> he also has a different mustache. The, the fakest mustache in the history of movies, yes. which is looks like a piece of black paper cut to be a mustache. His original mustache Be was for sure real. Right. In the first yeah, shot. because he had a mustache in the original scene, and then they reshot this scene and brought him back, but he had already shaved his mustache. <laughs> so they put, they put a piece of paper on his face. It's so funny. I wrote that down, and a couple seconds later, I wrote that it's the fakest mustache I've ever seen. But the cop finds Ricky, and Ricky's just like, ow, fucker. And um, 
they like basically gather up all the children and the counselors as quick as they can and uh meanwhile she lures paul to the water where they said they were gonna meet and he goes what about are my clothes she goes take them off and he's like <laughs> fuck yeah i'm gonna take these clothes off and then we get a flashback for the big reveal uh the crazy aunt the it, okay in the boating accident at the beginning of the movie only one of them survived but it was the boy not the girl and the crazy aunt just decided she wanted a daughter instead so she just convinced the boy that he was angela the girl which is why she's so fucked up like the guy asked <laughs> why are you so fucked up because that crazy aunt raised her that's why they come they come up on a naked angela on the beach with paul in her lap she's caressing his hair and when they get close enough, she stands up and Paul's decapitated head falls out of her lap. But that's not important <laughs> because she turns around and she's got a dick. Dun, dun, Full dun. frontal. She's hissing. <laughs> her mouth is agape into a, a face that once you see it, it'll be burned in your mind forever. <laughs> I can literally imagine her face at all times yeah. if I want to. And then as if that's not enough, then they turn her face green for the end credits. <laughs> <laughs> like, never has a decapitation mean less in a movie before. <laughs> a fucking boy's head falls out of her lap. But it's like, that's not what's important here. <laughs> Penis. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the greatest dick report in history. <laughs> the most shock ending in movie history. You, there's no way you saw it coming. <laughs> there's no, you might have thought maybe Angela was the killer. There's no way you saw a penis. <laughs> they said like when they were making this movie, they were going to have Angela... They asked the actress who plays Angela to wear a strap-on to do this scene, but instead her mom was like, absolutely not. And so instead they got a male actor to put on a mask that looked like her face. <laughs> so wait, Which, that was an actual little boy? That was, I don't know if it was, was a like little a boy. Student. Yeah, it had to be, uh, I assume it was someone over 18. The mane of pubes, I suppose, gives it away. <laughs> it's like Abe Lincoln's beard. <laughs> oh, I forgot. So when uh, it, it just reminded because Angela was like humming when she was caressing Paul's hair. <laughs> Can we talk about the humming from Meg? Or from yeah, from Meg earlier. The worst shit that's ever been hummed in a fucking yes. shower. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I remember thinking, I was like, if you're going to kill her, do it now. End her! <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was that's the movie. There's a lot of dicks, no boobs. I hate it. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, perfect, perfect summertime horror movie. That's why we're doing this this month, because it's something about summer camp movies. Just make it feel right to watch during the summer. So, yeah, speaking of sure. uh, summer camp movies... How do you guys feel that this should we rate it first, or how do you feel it stack ups against like other movies in this same genre? Uh, I mean, there's some ridiculousness in this movie, but the kills are good and the graphics are good, and there could be more blood or maybe a higher body count. But I think I think it's good. I think it holds up. It's definitely a, a cult film. Like everybody that watches it winds up liking it. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually was very surprised at how much I enjoyed this movie. And it's one that I would watch again, which I feel like says a lot about it because, I mean, I love the Friday the 13th franchise, but the first movie I'm not that big on, um, no. just because like you don't have Jason in it. And I felt like this was a way more fun movie to watch than the first Friday the 13th, which is like the direct comparison I would make, even mm-hmm. though this is like a lot more. There's a lot more drama and stuff in this one. Drama and comedy. Dramedy, if you will. (laughs) I think it stacks up like... I think it has a better plot than a vast majority of the other camp movies because there's an actual twist in it and there's some suspense and the comedy is fucking on point. It's hilarious. So uh, what's the rating system for this one? All of our heads went to dicks first. And then where are we going? I feel like booty shorts. 
<laughs> Short shorts. <laughs> Ten gallon pot, a hundred gallon pot of corn. <laughs> there it is. Ten thousand gallon pot of corn. <laughs> How many ten thousand gallon pots of corn do you give this one, Chris? Uh, I think I would give this a. I'd probably give this a three point five. Right on. Yeah, I give it a four. I really like it. Okay, well, I I think uh, think I'm more in the three zone. I was thinking two and a half, but it is more of a three, I would say. Yeah, I just honestly there was enough like comedy in it, or like the the writing in it was like comedic enough that like it didn't feel like they were necessarily trying to be comedic, but it was just genuinely very <laughs> funny. Um, with all, I just need Ricky to have his own series. I was gonna say with all the Ricky <laughs> quotes and stuff, I was fucking cracking up, man. Like. Um, he blows dead dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Eat shit and live, Bill. <laughs> that is uh, that is straight up the best line of this movie, in my opinion. That Agreed. is hilarious. <laughs> that, is the, that is the best comeback of all time for that, for Eat Shit and Die. <laughs> Have you guys seen the sequels to this? No, no I've heard two and three are good, but uh, apparently four is unwatchable. Up to this point, like, before I watched it this year, I had only seen the third one, and I caught it on TV, and it has a porn star as one of the main actresses. She's a prominent one. It was before she did porn. I can't remember her name now, but, yeah, it's, she's the blonde chick in the third one, and she's vegan. Is it Alexis, Texas? It might actually be Alexis, Texas. <laughs> Sleepaway Oh, wait. Is it Tracy Griffith? That, that might be her <laughs> name. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just reading character yeah, I don't know. Is there a hot blonde chick? Because she, anyway, so the point being, I turned it on because I saw boobs and like as I was surfing and I was like, whoop, back it up, back it up, back it up. And that was, uh, <laughs> that's the only time I'd ever seen any of these movies and it was for a brief stint. And then I was like, I'm bored. I don't know what's happening. And I changed it. So I was pleasantly surprised by this one. I enjoyed it. I know Angela comes back for everyone. And in the second one, she has... Jason's mask and Freddy's glove hanging off of her backpack. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know the relevance of it. I don't think it comes into play or that anyone mentions it. They're just there. Unhappy campers. Interesting. But she's replaced. It's not the same actress. It's Bruce Springsteen's sister because plays Angela in the second and third one. What the That's hell? a weird call. Pam- yeah, so Pamela weird. Springsteen. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. You know what else is interesting? We got merch. I'm actually like about to go on a spree of making merch tomorrow, so I'm very excited to do that. What do we got on the store right now, Josh? Kakoa Shaw approved shirts. What else? We have our our beautiful logo. We have we have a whole bunch of logos. I made a whole bunch of logos a while back. So get high on horror, however you want. It's you can get it. Uh, T-shirts, mugs, stickers. Anything, shower curtains, you name it, it's on our store, which is uh, hhpod.threadless.com. What about the socials, Chris? How do the, how do you get reached on those? <laughs> so on social media, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at hhpod, and hit us up about what you think of our episodes. If there's anything you'd like us to cover in the future. Um, or if you have your own boob report or dick report that you'd like to drop in our DMs, <laughs> then feel free. That is not an invitation to send us dick pics, just as a clarification. We would just like <laughs> an essay about them. Uh, yes. No pictures, just essays. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, uh, just remember, everybody, life is tough, so why not start camping and get high on